0: Hello, bonjour. Welcome, bienvenue to the Football English podcast. I'm yours, Liam. And once again, this week, I'm joined by Tom. Hey, guys. And as usual, Jonathan. Hey, everyone. On this week's episode, we'll be highlighting the most recent matches against Nice and this weekend's previous match against Lawns. We'll also be taking a look at some transfer rumours and the success of the younger generations of oil in the uh, Coupe de Gambardia. First of all though, it almost feels like two weeks, I think you
1: I'm just gonna have to stop you there. Oh my god. We're in full Spanish there, aren't I? I just... Not, what is oh, it? it oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a la it's Gombardella.
0: Let, let's start again.
1: No, it's great. It makes it perfect. We went full Liam is a is a Spanish well, T V presenter.
0: You would say in that situation when something is... That is a, it's Spanish, not French. Right, okay, I apologise. I wonder why you're laughing in the background. There's your outtake for this episode. Uh, back on track. Um, yeah, so Nice was the uh, the second previous match after Lawrence. Obviously, we came into that game off the back of a disappointing result against Monaco after a fairly decent run of fixtures. I think we were beaten in four before that game. Um, I'd say there was probably concerns that after building on something that was quite positive, that this could have been more than the same. For me, this season, these have easily been the second best team in France in terms of the way they're playing. The fact that galtier has gone in there, it's shown a noticeable impact. But... That didn't mean anything for O.L. A 2-0 win, quite convincing. For me, really, I'd probably say that was the best performance of the season so far, and it would be what you'd expect from BOSS tactically. Would you agree in that sense, or is there another performance that comes to your head, Jonathan, that was, I guess, more archetypal of BOSS or was a better O.L. performance?
2: I think... Um... I think it was the best performance. I think the other best performance was the first match against Nice. The first 80 minutes was really good. I remember that. And also, um, probably the match against PSG, the one where we deserved to win the first one before that penalty, I think was a very good performance, but in a different, different style because there we were still conceding a lot. Um, but yeah, the Nice match was so much fun, so fantastic. I couldn't believe it was mm-hmm. lasting that long, and they were so dominant. Um, from the first minute all the way to the last, it's, there was no real, you know, I mean, they continued a few chances, but they really dominated that match. Um, every player was just playing perfectly within the system. They had pressure the entire game. I mean, it could have been a much bigger score. Um, they seemed to want to pass the ball into the goal instead of taking chances. They have, they're so good technically that they just short pass, short pass, short pass. Um, but yes, it was really encouraging. It showed what it can do at, at its best. Um, but it, it's it's difficult to cre- recreate that all the time. And also, maybe Nice wasn't at their best. I, it's hard to know, you know, because when you see the next match against Monaco, we're talking about or the, the match against Lens, right away you see how a different team can impact you. So I don't know. I think Nice didn't play that well. But yes, it was definitely our best performance. There's a, a model now to recreate it. I just I just want Bush to just do the same thing every time. You know he, he kind of once you get comfortable with a formation, you just may want to do the same thing every time. and sometimes you need to adapt. So let's see what happens. But yes, best performance of the season so far.
0: I'm glad you agree. I think it's kind
2: of obvious when
0: you know you're playing with such dominance assertion. As you mentioned, the fact we were trying to pass the ball into the net at times, it kind of shown something we've not seen a lot this season. Going back to that Nice performance for the 80 minutes, that's probably another version of that. I recently wrote an article about Boss's time at OL. I'd say probably, if you remember, 3-1 against Strasbourg, that was another game where that I think it was either Paquetta or Alain that scored an amazing goal. Bruno was involved in it, but other than that, we've not seen a lot of that. Passing style, and again, I think we were really good in the press, which is something that Nice are actually really good at. So, to be able to almost play them at their own game was really nice to see. Would you agree, Tom, that that was probably one of the best performances we've seen under Boss, and that it kind of brings a bit of promise for the future that we can replicate this football and that potentially Boss the man to lead the club going forwards?
1: I think apart from our first game against Angers, there really isn't any good performances. It <laughs> took you a while to get there, but uh, no. Uh, on, on a serious note, I think it was definitely very good. It like, looked like everyone wanted to be there, which isn't always the case. Uh, it was solid at the back and the passing was good. I think more importantly, the pressing was really good. Uh, the, the, the very high line and... Um, no, they couldn't breathe. You know, the Nice are, are supposedly a very good team at counter-attacking, and uh, they they really they barely made it out of their own half in the first 30, fifty minutes. Um, so I think we we handled their wingers very well. We'll go into the specifics and the players afterwards, but I think I can't really pick out anyone who who played particularly badly, which says a lot. And I think ultimately. As a ninety minutes as a whole, it, it's quite surprising to say that well actually played pretty much all ninety. Uh, we kept on going about one half FC over the last few weeks, um, and well, this felt like a complete performance. And yes, it does feel like Bosch has finally started installing his 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 plan, and that we can replicate it and we've got a blueprint. Now we say this, we also know that just after this, we'll be talking about Lens, and that things weren't anywhere near what we produced against Nice. So, is it just a blip or is this a sort of something? I I don't know. But it was definitely good to to be able to to go out on a Saturday night and say you know what? We won. Uh, And I can rest well and come back on Sunday morning and not be demoralised and really sad that we lost once again. Especially against a very good Nice squad.
0: As you mentioned, I think it's kind of in the same air of repetition and consistency. I think you made a good point, Jonathan, that the fact we're not going to be able to play to this standard. This was probably a 9 out of 10 performance when you consider how good Nice have been this season. There was probably a bit of them being off in terms of some of the levels we've seen them reach this season, but in terms of being able to play well for 90 minutes, as you've said, Tom, and the fact that everything seemed to go into I say fashion in terms of things that nothing really felt uncomfortable. We've watched games, in particular at the end against loans, again, we were a little uncomfortable at the back. I think against Nice, it was just controlled, it was calm, and it was really fun to watch. I've not had that much fun watching Leon for probably, probably since the final eight, to be honest. I, don't, I can't really say other than that. I've had the same excitement, or the relaxation. Maybe not relaxation, the word, but the excitement of being able to watch Leon anyway. Um, in particular, I think there was one man for me that stood out more than anyone else. And on seemed to boss midfield, whether it be moving on the turn, picking out the right passes, obviously he got an assist as well. Just in particular, it felt like the performances we saw from him at Leon, obviously his time at Spurs has been a bit torrid. How impressed were you to see him replicate those performances that we've seen in the past for him, Jonathan, and how good was it to see it in a Leon shirt as well?
2: It, it was really nice. He, he stepped in, was a technical leader right from the beginning. You know, he's got that special move that he has, that that fake, um, you know, the fountain French, you know, so good. It works every time. He's just really, really special. Um, you know, he... he Always, the problem with him is his defensive motivation, and he had it then. Um, but also, when you consider the replacement he had from Bruno Guimaraes, he brings something different, something more offensive. I know, um, and I think in some matches it's going to be really helpful to have someone who can create like that. So that that was really positive. Um, I hope he can keep it up for the whole season. I hope he stays. As motivated, I think this is a great chance for him to play the next 15 matches and, and get a real chance to make the French national team again. Um, but it is bittersweet to have a player that you know is leaving, and it's just a short term. It to it, it, me it feels bittersweet. I want to get carried away. I want to buy his jersey, but really, he's leaving us. It's just a short spell. Um, and I do think he's better than when he was when he was at Lyon few years ago, so I do think he's improved. I think he's got that confidence now. He knows he's a leader. So I think it's a great loan. Uh, let's just hope that him and Keck Ray, who seem to get along great, will keep it on for the rest of the season and, and not bring us back into the top places.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the fact you mentioned that this is a good opportunity to get him back, probably for a short-term objective for him, of being able to get back into the France squad and then potentially propel himself forwards The sad thing for us, it's probably unlikely that he's going to stay with us in the long term. I think this is kind of as he saw his first move to Lyon as potentially the opportunity to propel himself to a bigger stage, get his career back on track. I think you look at some of the big teams around Europe, I don't think English football is typically suited to him. Spurs is a bit of a poison chalice anyway, but... As a league, it didn't seem to suit see his technical qualities. I think if you look elsewhere around Europe, if you towered him to a team, obviously Paris were interested in him. Um, maybe a Real Madrid or particularly somewhere in, I think he'd fit well into Milan as well. Those types of teams. If he could attract himself and propel himself into their transfer recruitment radars, I wouldn't be shocked to see him leave, which is unfortunate, but his performance was excellent. Again, based on this being the best performance from a team perspective, I'd say that's one of the best individual performances this season as well in terms of control, possession, moving play forwards, exactly what we would expect from a Leon midfielder. So, yeah, very nice to see. Um, in terms of people coming back and being among the goals, Kyle be we probably didn't miss him as much as you would have expected at AFCON, but... How good is it, Tom, to actually see him back in Leon colours, getting among the goals, having an impact? He's really been one of the key players for us this season. So how good is it to have him back?
1: I mean, it's not exactly his hardest goal, but um, you know, it it was good that he was back. Uh, you can see the you know the vertical side of him. He's very direct, speedy. Um, you know, he's not always going to cut inside like our would on that left side. Uh, who was also missing for most of the time Toko was away. So that left side was lacking a bit. And, you know The fact that we had to play with, with Emerson as a left winger uh, showed a lot of, of why we were missing stuff. So Toko Kambi definitely is, is, has been one of our top players this season and it's, it's good to see him back. Um, hopefully he can keep up the form he had before leaving. Also keep the form he had at AFCON uh, because he was one of Cameroon's style players um so yeah no i'm excited to see him back he brings a lot of verticality and uh, similar to what uh, not exactly the same but similar to what fev might bring on the other side it's just direct football um rather than just standing around passing i'm not saying our oh, is a bad winger i just don't think he's a winger i think he's more suited in it in the center and um you know if, if that's what bosch wants is like vertical football and a bit more you know, direct towards gold, then Tucker can be your man. So hopefully, he can uh, bring up the the Europa League man uh, tally into into the league as well. And uh, he'll definitely be essential in Europe when we go back into it in a few weeks' time.
0: Yeah, getting him back into the the Europa League feeling will be massive for any potential success we have in that competition. Aside from those two, really, I think they're the main two key talking points in terms of performances and people coming back. Is there anyone else that stood out to you, Jonathan? I think we've said really your words, Tom, which I would agree with. Not anybody really had a bad performance, but in terms of standing out, is there anyone that came into your radar?
2: I mean, I think we're doing every game at this point, but Castello, Luke Hibna was also imperial and that was the game with Mendes, which you know, there's so many people to compliment this game. It's, it's unusual to compliment everyone, especially players I'm not used to, Thiago Mendes. Played well, and uh, that was really surprising. But I think it's because Castelluqueba was so good next to him. So I'll give him the credit. Um, and Kakre was great, too. The, but yeah, like you said, the entire team played well. Bosch did well, so he also gets a final, a, a good point. Um, I was looking at statistics, actually, before, and I see Tokoyakambi's at 17 goals this season, if you count Lyon and Cameroon, which is you know pretty good year so far. Um, for a player who, I'll say myself, when he first came to Lyon, recruited by Juninho, I thought uh, it was a bad choice. I thought and he was a future Ballon d'Or at, yeah, at the yeah, Lyon level. Um, and remember when he used to miss all those chances, and I'll never forgive him for the final four and the final eight and the mistake and the not scoring that goal. But you know, the past year he's just been one of our best players, and he's definitely stepped up to the level of the team. And now there's no doubt with the Europa League he's done so far and everything, that he is a Lyon-level calibre. So, I want to re- re- you know, thank you for being on the club. You can tell the difference. We have no one of his profile. So, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll praise Luqueba, but but Also, again, Luca Combi deserves a lot of credit.
0: For sure. Ba just seems to be re- repeating himself at this point. He, he seems to be the next one of the talent factory that really puts themselves in that limelight with... European football clubs I think it's going to be hard for, for us to keep hold of him longer than the next 18 months really I just think he defends so mature for someone so young you know he was the experienced centre-back in that game and as you mentioned Jonathan he probably elevated Thiago Mendes's performances because of his presence I'm not going to laud him as you know Virgil van Dyke or someone like that but he's got a bit of a arrogance to the way he defends, which, you know, knowing that he can get there, he's got excellent recovery. He never looked like a rabbit in headlights as you would expect potentially from some young defenders. He just looks calm and composed, which is potentially the most important quality of a defender playing at this level. So yeah, 100%. And as you agreed, Tocco be the the claims of Carl Potter can be have really gone out the window. He, he really has turned into a consistent goal scorer for us over the last two years. He had a really good year in front of goal last season as well. So it's good to see him replicating that and that we've actually got another goal source now besides Dembele because it just felt like Dembele was the man getting all the goals, whether it be from the penalty spot or not. Anyone else from you, Tom? Would you agree with Luke Barra or is there anyone else you want to bring up for a particular mention?
1: I mean, I, I will mention Leo Dubois for once. <laughs> I think he didn't have the poorest of games. Um, you know, we always, I always stand out for the the same players. You know, the the Kakres, the, the Lukaku this time in Dombele, definitely very good. Uh, Paqueta seems to be slowly getting back to his level, but Dubois had a good game. I uh, guess this is hard to say, but you know, when when their main elements for Nice are their wingers. And they barely got a chance on goal. Then you've got to, you know, you've got to underline the work that was done by Dubois, um, or wing backs in general. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll mention uh, Leo Dubois in, in that mix. Uh, definitely won't be mentioning Cattowary, uh, who had a bit of a shocker when he came on. Um, but um, yeah, I guess uh, all the other players I wanted to mention would definitely have been already mentioned and. I think it's more of a collective performance this one anyway. I don't think anyone really stood out as like extremely good and no one definitely stood out as poor. Yeah, I agree. Just finishing could you know, take a bit more
0: improvement. It's probably something in general that they need to work on finishing. If you look, I can't actually remember the last time we scored three goals in a domestic match. So it kind of shows you that were, uh, were not...
1: It might be the game you mentioned earlier, Strasbourg. Oh, God, but it better not
0: be that one. Was, that was, uh, I think that was match day four, match day five. Yeah, I think we've scored three since then, but not in a convincing manner. I think this was one of the most convincing performances from a collective perspective. But I will say, if anyone did stand out, it was It was It was just a pleasure to watch him. Uh, moving on to the next match, obviously... We spoke about being able to replicate those performances. We were up against some of the direct rival for European competition, probably more of a closer rival to us.
1: I've got it. It's the last time was on the twenty second of September against Trois on match day seven. There you go. Um and then before that was Strasbourg. And p- between there there's been Bromby
2: and like uh Spartak. Yeah uh, and all the and I have to Spartak say, that's had was all Bad prediction I predicted before the season started that we would score 100 goals.
0: Yeah, that was not looking to, so good. to be
2: fair. We did predict that Slimani would be a hit in
1: that last year, so
0: I yeah. think, uh, well, <laughs> I, I didn't so. predict that Slimani would be a hit um, don't, don't,
1: don't really me. <laughs> backing out of it,
0: <laughs> but no, I think in general, finishing is something we need to work on. If anything, Lawrence was evident of that, really. Again, another game where we really failed to put away key Chances or create a plethora of chances anyway. Um, 1 1, the scores ended. Lones's early pressure gave way. Callum Wendo's shot was saved. Klaus putting away in the rebound. Not the greatest moment for us. Um, Tino Caduere with a goal. I mean, you spoke about his entrance against Nice. I think it's hard to really. I think the last goal he scored was against Rams, potentially. Um, but yeah, he's not a good season, so Pim getting among the goals is that, And then obviously, they had a goal that's allowed for was it offside or a foul in the build up or something? I can't
1: particularly, yeah, Ball Ball, there you go.
0: Can't particularly remember the, the goal oh, that much.
1: Goal. Everyone's shouting for ha- ha- offside. Ha- offside. Yeah, I can't I know. when he goes into uh, to goal.
0: No, I'm talking about for for Farnesco,
1: the one that was uh, actually yes, handball. Uh, yeah, just yeah. oh, yeah. kicks it on
0: him. Uh, but yeah, in particular, other than that, there weren't really much to talk about. The game felt a little drab. I wouldn't say in terms of a contest. I guess really, which way do you look at the game? I guess you can kind of look at it one of two ways: is it a decent point against a direct rival for it European competition? Or is it a negative result considering possibly two points dropped?
2: Um, I I think if it was a good season overall and we didn't need points, this is a good result. You know, a tough draw on the road against one of the best fan bases in, in French football. You know, and the game... It felt very difficult. It felt like Lance was more aggressive, winning more duels. I don't know if that shows statistically, but that was my impression when I was watching, that they were more aggressive, and that was really causing a lot of problems to our technical midfield. Um, very hard to... We had possession, but we only had two shots on target. Um, we really didn't create many chances. It didn't feel like we missed a lot. Peckett had one chance at the end to win it, and that's pretty much the game. Um, and they all had more chances than we did, so... Usually when you have a whole season and if we played at this level for a whole season, you would not be upset about losing two points at loss. That's um, not one of those that makes you upset. Mm. But because we're so desperate for points, we need to beat everyone for the next 10 games. So we only have a few more games of margin of error, a few games where you cannot, you know, not win. And, but I like to say that the importance when you're, when you're struggling is, is not to lose. If you don't lose, that's already something. You know, if you can build on that, if we can not lose for the rest of the season, that's still a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good thing. So I'll take the draw. Um, we just need to, we have no more room for margin. We have to beat Lille, who's playing in Champions League. We have to win that game and um, get closer to, to the fourth spot. We have to secure fourth spot before we think of anything else. And, and I think fourth spot is, is ours to take. Um, the last 10 games of the season for Lyon know, are, are really, abortif- you know, really easy in terms of what we've played so far. We've really cleared the calendar with all the tough teams. And so, um, you know, if you look at 2022 as a whole, it's pretty good so far. You know, we've had that one Monaco loss, but with the calendar we had, if you told us we'd be doing this well, we'd be pretty happy. Um, But of course, if you lose at Lille, the whole dynamic changes. So, um, Loss is a very good opponent. Both times we played them, I thought they were one of the best teams in Ligue 1. Even though they have these games, they lose. they they're not as far up as you'd think. You know, they're they're behind Strasbourg, for example. But I think they're much better team than Strasbourg. Um, but Strasbourg somehow has, has crushed it the last, you know, few months. Um, so loss is a, is a really good team, and Fofana is a very good player. I think we'll talk about that later. But he's someone I'd like to see in the New Jersey.
0: Yeah, you summarize well there. I'd agree in terms of 2022 as a whole. It's Probably positive from the fact that we've eradicated these silly losses. Obviously, Monaco just wasn't a great performance in general. I think in terms of the results other than Nice, none of them have really been emphatic. But to actually win the games is what's important when you're playing direct rivals. Unfortunately we couldn't do that against Lawrence, but as you've said, if you're not going to win the game, the best thing to do is get a draw, otherwise it's almost you've given Lawrence the advantage ahead of us. In terms of the performance, Tom, looking away, rather than a results perspective, is it something that kind of shows there's a a problem of inconsistency in the club where really, you know, you're not going to play 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10 every game, but it was hard to see any resemblance of that Nice performance or any effort to try, you know, keep up the same tempo. The games was played in spits and spats. Would there be anything from that side of things that makes you worried that we're not going to actually be able to... I'm struggling to analyse it because it was a difficult game to analyse, really. But are you struggling to see where the team is going from week on week with the Nice performance in contrast to this performance? Because the two, really, there weren't any real similarities in terms of the style of play. It was a bit more structural and built up than the free-flowing possession football against Nice.
1: I think it's, it strikes me as a bit of what we had last year, you know, when we said 14 games, 14 finals, and we played two good ones, <laughs> which included Monaco last year. Um, and I remember specifically after that Monaco game, we were like, oh, we're going to make a Champions League. You know, we'll be, <laughs> we're definite to get there. And then we still effed up at the end. So it's, it's Leon. It's in their identity. Like being inconsistent is is us. But also in our identity is usually finishing well seasons, which Rudy Garcia was not good at. You know, he showed it with Marseille a few years ago and definitely showed it with us. Um, usually around this time, Bosch has either self combust or um, has managed to pull something out of the hat. So I'm hoping it's the latter. And that we make it all the way to at least the fourth spot. I think that's where we deserve to be, uh, especially seeing our start of 2022. Uh, I will say one last thing on, on points-wise. We did gain a point on Marseille, which is always there to take. Um, not saying that necessarily Marseille is a team we're supposed to be catching, because it's more likely that, well, I mean, Lille's definitely not going to be around. Strasbourg... Don't see finishing European, but everything's possible with Strasbourg. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fighting for a lot of those places. You know, the likes of of Lance of Nice. If Nice, you know, now that people have sort of discovered where their game plan is, you know, if you if you block out the the attacking options and the counter press, then you're going to be able to beat Nice. They don't really have a plan B. Uh, but once in our race and our side. We've got everything to fight for. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a case of the fourth place is one for us to lose because we're not even close to there yet. But we're edging closer. And I think the inconsistency worries me slightly. Once we have all the players available, uh, we start playing with two proper centre-backs. And maybe, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, we might start with Gusto on the right side. Right position, um, but um, yeah. Ultimately, I think Fevre and so on will will grow into the club and hopefully make a bit of a bigger impact in in weeks to come. And who knows? Maybe Jeff Renard, the lead, will make an appearance in the next five years at the club. Um, once he comes eventually back from injury, who we we don't even know when. But yeah. I'm slightly worried for inconsistency, but I think uh, there's belief that we've shown a blueprint for what we are able to do, so hopefully we can follow that, and especially against smaller teams, uh, we play a bit more like what we did earlier this season.
0: Yeah, replication seems to be the key, essentially. I think if we can... That Nice game is, as you said, blueprint is honestly the perfect word. If we can do that, it 13 more times we'll we'll probably get Champions League, but doing that is the uh, is the problem I'd say. Although we didn't lose, so as you mentioned, Lawns are probably for me one of the most eye-catching teams to watch, even when they don't win, they're still in the game essentially. That they're not an easy team to be, they press, they hassle you. There's an obvious identity in terms of play. So I think getting four points off them this season when they've probably been one of the best teams, or most difficult teams to play in League and is positive when you look at the two results as a whole. Obviously we beat them two one beforehand. Um I guess, other than talking about the performance, Tino Cadawari in terms of his goal was the difference maker. I mentioned his performances in general haven't been fantastic this season, but in terms of whether you're like looking at player ratings or anything. He got the highest rating on sofa score. He was given one of the match. From that side of things, is it something you would take as a positive that Tino's someone we can look at moving forwards? Or personally, I don't give him the, um, the quality to play at this level, but are you of the impression that he's someone that can provide Abel back up to Dembele after, you know, Producing performances like that.
2: I mean, he scored one goal in the past year. I mean, it's really not that thrilling. Um, And his goal was not something special he created. It was just a finisher. Um, So, no, I, I don't know how he had the best score on Sofa score. He didn't create much. He's just, he is a number nine. That's a fact. So, of course, we only have two strikers on the roster. Um, Nembele and were, so he's going to get some playing time. I just I think we can conclude by now that the first season he had, the first six months, complete overperformed, and he's just not a level of, of Lyon. You know, he's a good striker, I can see him playing in teams like oh, and, and stuff like that, and, and scoring goals, but he's not a, a level of Lyon. I, I think the club recognizes that there's, there's no alternative. Um, he's a good guy, he seems to care you know, there's nothing about his personality or his uh, work ethic, that's a problem just, he's just not, he's not, he doesn't bring it up you know, he, he brings something different than Dembele he obviously is a little bit more involved with the play um, and he can create more, that's why he played a little bit on the wing when it was under Garcia but he's not a striker for us um, and, and I don't think we're going to see him much for the rest of the season I think Dembele is going to just play all the games. And we'll see They were a handful of times, a handful of minutes. And, and that'll be the end of him. And we'll get rid of him this summer. So, um, important goal. He was in the right place. He just... No, I, I think the perfect example of him was last week when we played um, uh, Nice. And he had that beautiful play with Pequeno. finishes that easily. He's ahead. He had like two steps ahead of the defender, one over the goalkeeper. You just pick a side, you shoot, and maybe you score, you know, but he he was lost track. you know he he got scared. and let the defender come back. you know that shows that he's just not good. you can't you, you can't have that head and level you know when you want to compete for the Europa League, which is what our ambition is. So um, you know, good player, good man, but you know I, I think it's going to be the end of his of his time at Lyon.
0: That's yes. a fair argument. I say, from his performance in general, I'm not the the person to ask from this, obviously. I watched the game back, but I was busy, I was working well, so, and I watched the extended highlights. From a statistical point of view, you mentioned about his play, he played three key passes, that's more than any other player on the pitch, his goal as well. From that side of things, you'd look at it as a positive performance, obviously... Does websites look more into stats rather than the play itself? Obviously, he's not particularly the most eye-catching player, but I think given opportunities and regular minutes, we saw when he first broke on after his loan spell with Liverpool, he's he's got the quality to score goals. He can arrive in the right positions at the right time. But I think this barren spell kind of affirms that when he's not given consistency, which he's not going to get, at Leon then is far superior in terms of starting a leader, you know, technical ability as well, he's not going to have a success here, unfortunately because, as you say, he's a really nice guy he's kind of brought a, a fan following from Zimbabwe as well, which, you know, we've never really had, it's tapped into another market I guess really for the club but, um, yeah, unfortunate on his heart part, but it is nice to see him with a goal um, In terms of the rest of the performance then, Tom is there anyone Aside from Tino Kadewere, really well as you guys said, he wasn't particularly the most impressive. He was given the highest rating. Does that kind of say something about the game in general? Is there any? No, it re- says
1: something about SofaScore. If anything, <laughs> SofaScore's ratings are abysmal. Like <laughs> just, I, I don't know how how. I mean, to be fair, we can't really say that they like, keep doing any better. Like giving Dubois a six that last time was a bit of a shocker. But uh, you know, also giving LaFont ten. So uh, you know, anything's possible in the League keep and Sofa score. Um no to go back to the, the game, I think I will actually shout out Mr. Anthony Lopez, who really kept us in the game a few times. Does a very few very good saves, especially when we were drawing. Uh and or even before we scored. So he kept us in the game. Uh Lukeba actually was not as as valiant and, and determined as usually is, but you know, not a bad performance. Uh, I don't know if we... I'm sure we'll talk about poor, poor performances, but um can't say Tago Mendes had the consistency in that position and he's somewhat responsible for the for the goal as he tripped over Lopez when he was trying to save the ball. So I was just like, this is so well. This just reminds me of Marcel's goal basically against PSG. It's just... Their own goal from a few years ago. Um, it, it was so well. But um, now, in, in terms of top performances, um, you know, and Don Bele tried his best with, with what he was given. I think we saw more of his defensive side, which was quite good. And um, yeah, Antonio Lopez uh, has to be a standout for me.
0: Would you agree, Jonathan, or is there anyone else that stood out for you?
2: Yeah, I'll add Kakaray. I think Kakaray has really stepped up since the loss of Guimaraes. He's um, really, the past month, been fantastic. He gets a, a huge number of, of winning tackles and he's very present. Um, he still has a lot of, um, I forget the word in French, but a lot of uh, errors, let's say, in his passing. He, he loses balls sometimes that can come back. Um, but he's he's very... Important. and I think that pairing with a noble is very good um and and you know like he, like we were talking about um, I'm, not, I'm not sure for Lukeba I think he was good I just think Kali Window was a very tough opponent for him and I would say that was a draw so I think Lukeba has not had a bad performance since he's been starting which is pretty incredible it's just that the opponent was quite good as well. So I know we don't give tops to other team, but I was very impressed with kalim Mwendo who's 20 years old, who also represents the future of, the, uh, of you know, Ligue 1. So um, that, that's my summary.
0: We were having a conversation before we came on about players in PSG's academy. Cali is another one of those as well. I think it kind of shows you. Um, he's also one of the future of players to not play for PSG yet be one of the best academy graduates.
1: It, it just shows again once that that the you know the Paris area is just yeah. the whole area around Paris just brings out so many great players. You know, I've I've played at a very elite level obviously. I come from the same area. Um Caliwendo and I have very good levels uh, of League R and I'm sure we'll both go really far into the Champions League.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, yeah, Wendo was impressive. Someone else who impressed um, is Seko Pofango. We'll touch him in a minute. In terms of negative performances, though, is there any one that really stood out for you guys as particularly had a stinker of a performance?
2: You know, I just love going on Dubois, so I'll go off <laughs> uh, No, I mean, he was fine. He was fine. He just... um. It frustrates me that he he got a good review on the keep because when you looked up the game he was, he was average at best and his opponent, which is how you grade things you know Klaus on the other side, who' not actually his opponent but um in mm-hmm. you know, the same position was, was much better than him and so they both got the same grade, which was surprising oh, and feb, who plays on the same side as 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 um Dubois was was quite impressive I have to say we didn't talk about him but he plays the right way. He's a completely different um, winger than we we have. He's he's Awar style, but he's much more proficient on the wing. You can see he's more comfortable with with going the other way, besides just going in every time. He still can take the the you know depth. So I think he's um a great player. And so that when you compared both, you know, Feb got a lower score than or equal or lower score than Dubois, and Feb was definitely better. So. Um, like I said, I think Chago Mendes was the weak link. And I think that that's the, the worst player that we had. And I think it's what you expect. He's not a center to back. He can come in and play. I know we got, we thought he was a next to Mascherano or something. But he's, he's, he's not. He's just, um, he can come in and play when you have to. We have Boateng on the bench. We have Diomande on the bench. It's a travesty that he's still starting instead of them. I get he got rewarded for one good performance. But, you know, it's enough. Put him out. On to Brazil. Let's get let's get over with.
0: Yeah, that, you're probably alluding to what will happen in the summer transfer window. There, I wouldn't expect.
1: I know who's having a poor performance. It's your Wi-Fi at a moment, but um, it's uh, <laughs> it's coming in and out from a tunnel. But um... okay, that's a lot better. <laughs> Um, yeah, in terms of poor performances, yeah, I've got to join Jonathan on that one. I think uh, Thiago Mendes, similar to what uh happens with Dubois, he has a really good game or has at least a, an average game, and then just like hey guys, remember who I am? I'm still Thiago Mendes, I'm not Paolo Maldini, you know, I, I can't do this on a regular basis, so I'm just gonna you know do my own thing and, and be at the level I'm expected to be at. Um. It's a bit of a shame, but um, you know I think we can pick out so many players who might have been good, bad. Ultimately, we got a point from a pretty decent team, and I think taking the circumstances uh, that we were trailing away from home in a you know boiling um I think we got to take the, the the point and just you know admit that we weren't as good as Nice uh, against Nice. Sorry, and. Um, yeah, move on. Uh, I think uh, there are better choices that can be made. You know, I still I think that we saw parts of like Fevre and Gusto working together, and you know we always said that Paquetta and, and and Gusto work really well together. I think this is also a very good and interesting uh, combination. So I'd like to see a bit more of that, uh, a bit more of Gusto playing, but not particularly because of Dubois, but just because I think the association works a bit better uh, with Fevre. Um and, you know, I think the rest of the team did pretty well uh taking the circumstances, but hopefully we do get someone like, I don't know, them Dembele back into the squad, uh, because when you remember back a few weeks ago when we talked about his performance against Marseille, we thought he'd score in every other game, and now he's he's out injured or suspended. Uh, I can't remember what the reason was this time around, but, uh, yeah, he
2: was for that weird yellow card where he kicked someone which he didn't kick. Uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the Arce. one.
1: Yeah, that's the one. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, there's positives um, in this performance that we, we showed the character to get back into the game. I also believe that if we are really going to push for Champions League, these are the type of games against rivals that will... yeah, rivals, yes, losses, technical rival at this time of the season. Um we should be winning, but you know, we took we took a point and that's fair enough for me.
0: As, you've, as we've reaffirmed throughout this section, a point is better than a defeat. I guess that's the only real thing to take from the game. Uh, On to a more positive side of things, I think I say something for us that we're excited with the links to a law player in the form of Seko for farmer. Uh, for context, it's likely on the exit of one of Awar or Paqueta. It's possible both leaving the summer, obviously considering contract negotiations, stock being high, etc. But Seiko for sake of Farmers' stock is extremely high based on his performances over these last two seasons. His transfer market value is somewhere between I think it's sixteen point seven million euros. So if you're looking at that, he's probably going to cost somewhere in excess of 20. If you look at that as a value in this market, Jonathan, is it something to get excited over of someone who causes many league and teams so many problems? He's got seven goals this season. The assists haven't come as much as they did last season, but he's just a special player, right?
2: Right. I think getting a player in his prime, let's say it's his prime, um, is a good thing. You often get either a player that needs a rebound, or a younger, promising player. And it's, it's rare in, in the recent history that we get a player who's in his prime. Uh, usually it's too expensive for us. But for some reason, Fofana is within the price range um, because of the team he plays in and because he's not young anymore. I would love to, to have him on the team. I think uh, Lyon was always best when they get the best players of Ligue 1. I think getting Feb was a very good transfer. And getting Kofana would be a very good transfer. So, um, obviously... If we lose Paqueta and Awar, we're talking about 80, $80 million, maybe, total of profit. Um, so when you sell those two players, you have money to spend. So I, I don't think... I think we will have our pick of any player we want to replace. is a good guy, good player. He brings in a lot of goals, which is surprising for his position. Um, and there's no... The only downside is not much of a resale value. This would be his his chance, but if you want to win now, he's the kind of player you need. Um, And he actually said something compliment. I mean, I think at the last interview, he said Lyon was the most technical team he played against this season, which maybe it's him already in talks or his agents in talks with Lyon. It's beginning to praise the team a little bit because he'd like to join us. Um, and, And for most French people or French players, you know, joining, going to to uh, Lyon or Marseille or PSG is, is like a very big upgrade in their life. Um, and so I, I think he's excited about staying in France, staying in Ligue 1 and playing in Lyon. So I think it's possible. I also tweeted, I would love Savanier. I know people think it's impossible because he loves Montpellier so much. But if we could get, with the money from Paquette and Awar, somehow get both of those players and just overspend and pay whatever you have to, I, 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 like, I would like those that idea. So Fofana is a yes to me. Um, even though his his market value is not, um, you know, we're, we're overpaying for what he is on the market.
0: I'd potentially disagree in terms of overpaying for him. I think somebody who's 26, probably top five players in the league and this season in terms of impact performances. If you think back to some of his performances this season, he was really impressive against Paris. He scored late winners to not lay out the cup late winners against San Etienne in the league as well. You know, in big games, he is that big game player, something we could do with. I think his mentality would be massive for us. And just as a player, he drives player forward. He's great at ball progressing, whether it be goals from distance or arriving late in the box, he adds that too. I think if you look at 26 to 28, is probably somebody's prime. If you go, he's going to be 27 when we sign him, probably. If you could saying say two years time and you know he propels himself even further and replicates these performances in Europe it's not impossible that somebody will take a punt on these older players the first team that comes to mind is Barcelona Um, you know would pay possibly an extra 10 million on what we pay for him an extra 15 million on what we pay for him and you make your profit I know Leo like to make profit on players as we've seen with Bruno recently and Dombele in the past. But I think we are tagging the right players with Roman Favre. Um, Particularly adding him in as well to the mix seems a good option. In terms of replacing one of our or Paquetta Tom, do you see it as a like for light replacement or is it a different option in terms of the two players we could potentially be losing?
1: I think it's, definitely different. I think I saw a lot of the original reports with were him replacing in Dombele, which doesn't quite work because he doesn't have that uh, that defensive quality as much. Um, I personally have compared him a lot to, to Yaya Torre and I, guess I see that element in him, uh, but Yaya Torre was just a monstrosity to play against uh, as a defensive midfielder as well which, again, Seco doesn't have. However, just a very talented player. You know, you take his, his goal against Bordeaux, just in one touch and just a fling of the, the, the volley in one go. Special, you know, special, special player. And, and you know, he's got the physical attributes, the leadership, um, anything you'd, you'd need. I think things would need to change around, though. Like, I don't... In a, in a 4-2-3-1 that we currently have, he's not a double pivot. And he's not a 10. He's like a right or left um midfielder in a in a free um you know as a top arching it's hard to explain tactics on 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 the podcast but my point being he would work a lot better in a free when there's at least Kakre behind him or a really defensive player and you know a creative player next to him as well um but he'd be incredible. Um, I hope he'd be a success. I just think in the current setup, I don't think it would quite work. Um, but he would definitely bring a different profile to Piquet and Hour. You know, Jonathan mentioned earlier the similarities between Hour and Fev, and I can definitely see it. Um, Piquet is in this whole, whole different league. You know, whole different characteristics and dribbling, and I, I don't really see Sico Fofana having that kind of skill sets to do that nutmeg he did it against Nice, for example. Um, you know, it's not his thing. He, he can do a nutmeg, you know, that's, that's part of his skill set, but not quite the one that Paqueta pulled off. Um, <laughs> it'd be like a running one where he just goes sideways. Anyway, um I think he, he'd be a great player for Leon and it would show a bit more it show a different kind of approach in terms of the transfer market. You know, a like our main targets recently have been well previously have been either young players who are are coming up so Fevre fits into that aspect Uh, Bruno Guimaraes as well Um, but also somewhat, not washed up talents but like talents who haven't quite succeeded at the level they were expected at Memphis, Paqueta um, you know Denier as well so I I think taking Fofana definitely shows that we want to progress and go for Maybe more instant wins and be pushing for something a bit higher. Um, if we finish four, for example, I could definitely see Fofana being a great help to win the Europa League. For example, um, he's a kind of that's kind of level where I expected him at. I don't know if like Fofana is quite elite Champions League level. I don't think he 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 ever will. Um, he's got a talent in him, um, and I think he, he can progress. I just wonder what it would be like in a, at a higher level than Lens, uh, because he has had failures in the past. So I think he'd be great at Leon and, and uh, would be great signing. Uh, but I, I do wonder how much money you'd have to pay for him. And I don't necessarily think Bitfield's definitely a priority, not as an attacking output, unless obviously we lose both Auer and Paqueta. Then we're going to have some problems. And think, maybe Shirky. I don't. I don't. I know that we didn't mention this because we didn't have an episode last week. But Shirky's reports are going to Nice. Just, just, yeah. just no. Please, not again.
0: Shirky to Nice wouldn't be a surprise. It's something we've seen in the recent future, in the past as well. Melvin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good worry. But I think in terms of for I find your presumptions or predictions on him interesting. I'd say you're right from a tactical perspective. I'd say his best role is an attack-minded number eight in terms of he's the one that brings play forward. He's got a bit of flair in him, probably not to the same level as Paqueta, but in terms of being able to drag things out of nowhere, drive the team up the pitch. He's particularly useful in a counter attack inside, which is what longs are. So The system does work to his strengths well, I would say. You're right about his past experience, as I've written about him a little bit recently. Um, he has had experience in the Premier League with Man City, not that he played in the first team. And then he played for Fulham as well, and then he's been to Italy, Lund signing for Mouvenezzi. I think I'm missing a club in between that as well. But in terms of what he's producing right now, I would say this is the quality that bigger teams look at for somebody that is able to outperform and drag a team, considering loans were in League De Two years ago. For him to be the key man that's taken them from newly promoted to European contenders kind of shows that that sort of mentality and quality and leadership qualities that he's got would be something that bigger teams could, um, I guess, benefit from. So I could see him playing in the Champions League with some of the performances we've um, seen this season. In the big games, he doesn't look out of place, he looks in control, he's eye-catching goals, passing, driving teams forward. Leon could benefit from him, but it would need a tactical change. We couldn't play with him a 4231 4-2-3-1. It'd be suicide with him and Kakaray in midfield. There wouldn't be any control or um, tempo dictation with them two in midfield. Him and Dombele would probably be the same. But with a, if we were to sign a number six and sign him, that'd be perfect because Kakaray on the opposite side would create a really good midfield. But, it's interesting to see how that one develops.
2: Savanni, come on.
0: So you're, so you're predicting. Let, let's touch on Teji Savanni. I'd agree with you. Is in terms of that level of being able to play in European football, not in European football, driving the team forwards. He fits that bill as well. But you're you're suggesting a midfield of Seko Fafana, Teji Savanni, and Maxence Kakare. Am I right in?
2: You are correct. Yes.
0: Can I understand how that would work?
2: I believe Savanya can play in a 6-8 role, just a lower role with uh, Kekre doing most of the work. And Fofana playing a little bit up. I think in a 4-3-3 three, three, it's doable if the whole team presses the way it's supposed to under the Bosch system. It'd be pure um, Bosch madness. It would and be I would pure like to Bosch it. I madness. If, if people act like Savanya, yes, he loves the region. He's a very interesting individual. But his contract has not been extended. He doesn't make much money um, compared to what his value is. I think you could offer to quadruple his salary. Um, and, you know, he, you can still get him on the idea that he's never played Champions League football or European football of any kind. So you want one more chance to play European football and, and elevate your career and, and make the French national team maybe for one few games just to, to be an international I think we can we can get him. I really think if we pushed hard and we offered him what he wants, we could get him. Um, so that's just my propaganda. I would love to see him. He's the kind of player we can get. We can afford him, and and I think he's a, he's a, I think he can play the six eight role. I think he can. Um, obviously, Pafana is very offensive attacking. I don't know if they would all work perfectly, um, but. Uh, you know, I think Savani would be useful for us. I, I think he would start and we'd figure a way to make him to make him play.
0: I love the passion. I do. I love the passion. I could I could see a relationship developing that I've got for our Teji Savanyer played in a Leon shirt. It's got mm. it's got that same that air about it. But yeah, I would I'd I would like to see him play for Leon with Sekko for Farman and I'm not so sure, but I think from an age profile as well, he's probably not someone that they would target. But if they were to target, I wouldn't complain. He would be, I guess, an impact, a different maker in our midfield. But
1: and you just keep on recruiting the whole of league. You do pure like buying Munich of Bundesliga. <laughs> you get Jonathan Kloss on, on the right that's, back. That's that's what we would like buying French players. Yeah, Callum Wendo up front, <laughs> Kulumani on the left, Jonathan. Uh, Blast on the right side.
0: You say yeah. it ironically, the but the if we of, could do
1: that.
2: At some point. All those players. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Itikite up front. I mean, we have 60 million to spend once Paquette <laughs> has left.
0: You say it ironically, but if we could do that, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: You know, oh yeah, I mean, p- create a pure foot Ultimate Team league team like, <laughs> team. That'd be perfect.
0: <laughs> but as Jonathan says, that's what we want. We want to be recruiting in the lower end yes.
1: France and uh, it needs to have some in. some logic to it. I, I, again, oh, course, I, don't, you I don't see the Cacre uh, Savannier and, and it's I, not I links. Really, I don't know. I'm not I convinced it, it would be chaos, but like it'd be, it'd be even more chaotic than it is now. Uh,
0: just a tad. I think it would be even like <laughs> on the next level scale yeah. chaotic, but. I think you know going basing your transfer business in one league isn't a bad option. You've mentioned Bayern Munich have done that to success. Obviously, we're not Bayern Munich, but if oh, we, have, we are,
1: oh. no,
0: unfortunately not. But if you have the pick of that talent pool, when you look at the stars that PSG have been buying in recent transfers, we probably are the, I'd say biggest draw in terms of that. Obviously, Leo can probably contend to those players' signatures, it's not the wrong way to go and it's proven successful in the past. So, yeah, sign for Pofana. Uh, why not sign Tejia Savanier as well? But we've got to find a way to make them all play together. But yeah, Seco Fafana in general, as the topic was on, would be a general, generally really good pick-up for us, I believe, but it would require a changing system. And that kind of draws up that same question. Is the recruitment team on the same page as boss? Is Seko Fafana a boss player? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure we'll see. It's only the first link, so we could be talking about this now and come the summer. It's a waste of time. And he signed. we I'm
1: um, going to get this time. Coop Gambardella, is that right? Yeah, you got
0: that right. Right, thank you very much. <laughs>
1: But obviously we were
0: successful in that competition. The younger the young lads have I guess kind of asserted themselves. Is it the last eight now? The the way quarter you finals, guys think yes, it is in France, it's one eight for one sixteen for one four. <laughs> it just quarterfinals. The quarterfinals. Quarter right? uh, we beat Cannet
2: Roussillon.
1: So very right. neighbouring club to Marseille, where allegedly another Marseille fan was had a few troubles with the, the Lyon supporters that were there. Um, it's not the things you want to see, but yes, Canet-Ossillon were also able to kick out Marseille a few years ago in the Coupe de France, which
2: yeah. was like, iconic.
0: <laughs> so from that
2: side, I think you just say. Go to Canet-Ossillon, it's quite nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: it's not a place I'm familiar with i'm not gonna lie it's right but...
2: above barcelona it's uh, right on the coast right okay
0: there you go if you need travel tips this is what this podcast is I,
2: all I about i don't know if i would go to
1: travel to kenya we'll see on a holiday <laughs> necessarily my, my family lived there for many years so i oh. used to go well online. lucky you <laughs> yeah.
0: there you go you learn something new every day it's not just a football podcast but back to no. the football um <laughs> Yeah, the the one we all keep talking about, as Tom said, there's a YouTube channel that particularly makes highlight reels just from him every game, is Mohammed Academy, i
1: we'll yeah.
0: So, I guess in general, I think it was um, Gay who got the second goal yes. really late on, you know, just very, very the atmosphere in the ground as well, you know, to have those people in the stands supporting the young team. i have lucky enough to have been to one of the under-21s games, just people there. It's it's different to the big um, occasions in the league or no, the Europa League or the Champions League. It's nice to see, obviously, as a football club, youth is ingrained in our DNA, our identity, but because it's not to the same level, but to see, I think, what, nearly a 1,000 people in the stand watching them win a big game. is nice to see you guys have watched the highlights or potentially watched the game more so than I have, I guess, really. From that side of things, let's talk about Mohamed el I'll come to you on that one, Tom, and then I'll come to you on the performance, Jonathan. But what what can we expect, really? He's spoken about a lot. I know Scouted Football something that me and you were really interested in. Wrote a piece about him in there. Is it two handbooks ago now in particular? But the fact he's really been able to show this on a bigger occasion than with more fans watching, what can we expect going forward from possibly the next, you know, he's the fan favourite for me coming through the academy.
1: Yeah, definitely a fan favourite. I think uh, there's definitely that. Uh, maybe not quite the hype that Shirky had, but he's definitely, he's got a lot of people looking at him. Uh, he's obviously now the, the captain of the the, the under 19 side, plays as a 10. Um, I, I think, it goes similar build to, to Nabil Fakir rather than than Shirky. Uh, but, you know, in that that style of, of picking up the ball and just driving forwards. Um doesn't necessarily do extra skills and, and tricks and so on. I mean he does though them a few times when he needs to, you know, when he needs to go one on one um in a corner, then he will do a step over and, and go past the guy. Uh, but I think more often, he will just run with the ball. He's not lightning quick, but because he's got so many small touches, similar to, like, I'm not going to compare him to Messi, but in that style, it is Messi-like of just running at, uh, at players, sometimes very diagonally. Like, yeah, there was a few opportunities in that game where he just runs diagonally across the box and just crosses it back into the box to, to get someone uh, through on goal. Um but he's got character. He's got one hell of a character. Like he really stands up for himself. As I said, captain, but also leads a team. Very vocal on the pitch. Um, you know, he doesn't shy away from responsibilities. And um, he's got one hell of a knife or a pass. You know, he's also assisting Gay on, on the goal. Um, admittedly, it was a rather easy goal. It was a ninety-second minute. All the Kenny Osiyan players were up, and you know, the guy just went through on goal from the halfway line. Uh, Skip the keeper finished it in an empty goal, but he had to get that ball just right. You know, similar to what Bruno was doing previously, those through balls between the defensive lines masters that. Um, but you know, he definitely doesn't shy away from from any responsibilities. He comes and gets the ball anywhere on the pitch, runs like a workaholic, like he really runs everywhere. And um, there's definitely a lot of excitement uh, if you look at some of the inside videos from like the OL play he just comes down as a pretty down to earth and nice guy as well so it's always nice to see and he's got the work ethic which isn't always the case with these kind of players you know I'm, I'm thinking of Faris Baluli so I had a similar hype to him when he was coming through the ranks and definitely has not performed <laughs> to the level that we expected him to um, so hopefully Arauj can go a bit further than that I expect him to if, if we're still in contention for you know, Europe and really pushing for for top spots um, at the end of the season when every game is important. I don't know if he'll make much of an appearance in the first team, um, but you have got to think back to to what happened last year. You know, in the last few games when public was starting to come back and we see Kaya coming on when there wasn't all that much to play for and uh, it was easier games. Then maybe we see him making a quick appearance, but we don't exactly have the cup anymore to play in and as we've just mentioned, he's got the Gambadella to play in, so the club might prioritize him spending a few extra weeks or months in the lower divisions of the club rather than be pushed too early into the top division, but uh, there's definitely a lot to look out for, and I think um, depending on who leaves this summer, you could definitely get a few more opportunities next year. Uh, I'm thinking particularly if someone like Shirky leaves, he's the like-for-like replacement, although slightly different profiles.
0: It's nice to know that, you know, with Shirky in the team, with Habib Keita in the team, with Gusto in the team, with uh, Luka in the team, with Flo De Silva, getting glimpses in the team, that there's more to come from. So, yeah, good summary for us there, Tom. I would recommend watching the highlights, taking a look at the videos. There's lots of clips and highlight reels for him playing for the Academy on YouTube, uh, which is where I've got most of my viewing for him from. So, a really exciting player. In terms of the performance, Jonathan, I don't know if you were able to watch the game in particular, but I know you've watched the under 19s, the younger age groups before. How does this kind of go stead for us in the future that these younger players are being able to play to? I think it's the last date of a, in particular, what would be the FA Youth Cup in the UK, which is kind of held as essentially the pinnacle of domestic
1: youth football.
0: To be able to play to these levels in these competitions, how positive that to see for the future.
2: Yeah, I mean the, the Gambardella is something that the you know, has been chasing for many years, even though the talent level, the individual talent is, is quite good. Um it's always different between building a team that can play together and just individual talent. I mean when you watch uh, the the you the know, younger generations you see a lot of individual skills, people who can uh, get you know individually get by anyone, a lot of athleticism. Um, but the problem is, you know, as a team, do they play well together? I don't know how much time they have to play together. Um, definitely, that, that El Arouche stands out as the leader uh, of the team. Although I have concerns that he's not physically, athletically ready yet for the pros. I think a target for him would even just be integrating the practice of the, of the Lyon the pro group. He hasn't even had one single pro group appearance in the, in, you know, on a bench. So I think he's not ready for the season. In the preseason, even we'll see if he even gets the play. Last preseason, he really didn't get much. He only got a few minutes here and there. Um, but at a performance, Lyon is one of the favorites now for the trophy. Monaco was a big favorite, and and we beat them in the penalty kicks uh, the round before. Um, a, a few other big teams have gone out, um, and so I, I think this is a chance for Lyon to 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 win it. the Garibaldi would be would be nice for the club. Um, we can win a trophy finally, even though it's not. Uh the trophy we we're all expecting um and it, it's a it's a way to build um you know leadership and and experiences like that when you're young build you into a winner so I really hope that we can we can go further and something fun for the fans to experience um something that the players will will forever hold on to so um you know we'll see what happens. It's a very different league under under twenty ones and under nineteen because the goal is just progression of the players. It's not really winning tournaments, um, but it, it's always nice.
0: For sure, I think even for a club, as you've mentioned, that staples its future and success on its academy to be able to have that recognised with an esteemed domestic competition would be valuable. Hopefully they can go even further and win it. I'm sure it'll be something we'll continue to update on as the podcast goes on. Um, Has anyone got anything else to add? I think we've covered everything there. Anything in particular raising burning inside you?
1: Burning inside us, that's a good, that's a good word. Um, I, I wanted to have some predictions for the, the Lille game um, yeah. Yeah. for the next week. Obviously they play in London... We're recording Monday night, so they play in London tomorrow night against Chelsea. Um So, they're going to put the, everything into there. Uh, I don't expect Lille, as a growing club, to just go with their B team in the Champions League. So, I expect them to uh, be a bit worn out. And I don't think the the, the team has been rolling very well recently. Obviously, the, the main component of this weekend's game was basically the president and manager of mess fighting. That's the only best part of the, of the game this weekend. So things haven't been great for Lille recently but uh, it's one of our bogey teams over the last decade I think. So uh, I'd be interested to see what you go for. I think I'm going to go for a very short win. So like a 1-0 a or
0: 2-1. I think in comparison to Lille's best performances or best Results have come in the Champions League as ours have probably come in the Europa League. So, I think looking at the two together, there's probably some comparisons that there's been a difficulty to find domestic form under a new manager. I think you're right, though, taking that Champions League game into account. I'd say it's unlikely that we won't win that game, just taking into account fatigue, as you mentioned this weekend. I think it was a goalless draw with Mets, not particularly the greatest result for them. So, if we can capitalize on their inconsistencies and build some consistency of our own, I'd go for a 2 0 win. I f- could see it being quite convincing, not replicating that nice performance, but we actually play to a decent level and get deserved three points. What about you, Jonathan? Are you going to make it a trio of wins or are you going to um, put a dagger in there and play devil's advocate?
2: That's how you know. I'm not, we're not objective at all. Of course, I think you're always going to win and we're going to win, I would say, 2-1 to one would be a good score. You know, you have to think that they're playing in Champions League and they're going to be exhausted, but that doesn't, you know, these are all pros, and sometimes you just don't see that, really. I'd like to think that we're weak to prepare, but it really is going to be a toss-up. Louisville is a very good team. I think they're better than they are in the ranking. also. I think they're top six teams in, you know, in France right now, so they also desperately need this. Um, and I think they have a good chance against Chelsea. I, I think it could be a you know a low-scoring affair if they can come out with a draw, zero-zero or something like that. That would be really good for them. And they've been better in Champions League than you would expect. So um, let's just uh, hope for France that they do well and that they tire themselves out. Uh, Ninety minutes of a grueling battle, and then we get to take them you know at, at home.
1: Thanks everyone for um, for joining us this week. Um, don't forget to. Yeah, subscribe to, well, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, to follow our on Twitter account. Keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Um, we're open to suggestions in terms of, of third sections. You know, this week we talked extensively about uh, how amazing it would be to buy the whole of the rest of League 1, but um, I'm sure we can find some great suggestions. Um, I think we might run a poll because we have uh, a few players coming uh to the end of their contracts in uh in the upcoming months uh so i'm sure we can get other the people's opinion uh jonathan thanks for coming once again and uh and uh we will speak to you all very soon thanks goodbye guys